Hello and a warm welcome, friends, to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast. I'm your host, Cindy McMillan, and I hope you're enjoying the new podcast series, Holistic Living, Embracing Wholeness in Everyday Life. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Holistic living is not some fancy buzzword. It's like coming home to yourself, body, mind, heart, and soul. Imagine showing up for yourself in every way possible, like you're your own best friend, therapist, chef, and personal cheerleader. It's about nurturing all those parts of you that make you, well, you. Now wholeness, that's where the magic sparkles. It's embracing your stories, your scars, your stumbles, and your soaring moments, and realizing they're all essential brushstrokes that create your masterpiece. You're not a puzzle with pieces missing. You're a tapestry woven from the threads of your experiences. So grab your favorite cozy beverage, find a comfy spot to sit back and relax, because we're about to dive deep into a truly inspiring conversation. I'm thrilled to introduce my guest, Alana Cady, a remarkable energy healer and conscious life coach hailing from the beautiful city of Sarasota, Florida. Alana is the brilliant mind behind the AK Healing Method, a transformative approach that she uses to help clients globally find balance, healing, and growth. Her expertise extends to the fascinating realms of subconscious reprogramming and sacred womb healing, making her a true source of wisdom and inspiration for anyone seeking to embark on a journey of self-discovery and personal empowerment. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation with Alana as we delve into her unique methods and the profound impact they have on people's lives. Welcome, Alana. I'm so happy you're here. Oh my goodness. Thank you for that intro. That was beautiful. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, thank you. And and I, you know, when I reached out to you, um, sacred womb healing um, is, I don't know anything about it. I'll be very honest. So I'm, you're going to be our teacher on this episode. That's for sure. <laughs> good. <laughs> good, good. So I want to start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business? Yeah, this is a good question. I mean, we all have so many seasons in life, you know, and you don't even realize you're in it until maybe you're out of it. And then even as women, we have the archetypal seasons, you know, we have the maiden and the mother and the, I prefer the sage to the crone, but we have so many seasons. So I I was really reflecting on this before I came to talk to you. And I feel currently, personally, I'm in a season of, I would call it rebirth. Um, I have been in in seasons fairly recently of recovery and healing, and I think I'm now in a rebirth. I feel like it's a, you know coming out of the c- cocoon kind of season, and I feel in a lot of ways brand new, and um, and that's scary and um, fascinating and exciting all at once. <clears throat> I think, you know, as women, especially we, we rebrand ourselves often, you know, we change our hair or, or you know, do a lot of the, what I call the 3D things. Um, but this season is very different for me. It's coming out of the healing and recovery and having a true 
finally a true understanding of why the whys. I have the answers now to the whys. I have a real awareness of self and how I ended up perhaps in the past seasons and uh, sort of consciously creating the new seasons, the seasons of my future and my future life. So it's, it is an interesting season. I sometimes feel rather um, unstable in it because it's brand new. And, you know, sometimes it's more comfortable to stay in the familiar, even if it's not so good for you. Yes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> as we all well know. Um, so this is a real, you know, this is really raw. This is really brand new. This is really shutting everything and stepping into you know, my genuineness and my power and, um, you know, just who I am now, who Alana is. And in my business, I would say going sort of side by side with that, it is a season of expansion. It is a season of thriving and growth, but it's really a season of not staying comfortable just as an energy healer and conscious life coach, Um, really stepping into the AK healing method, who I am, what I offer, and all the other things that make me me, not just staying comfortable, just I'm, I'm comfortable here in this little energy healing world, you know. So I have had quite a lot of expansion in the last, um, well, in the summer alone, I, I launched two new divisions and started to launch um, my training academy and do workshops. So it's been rapid and it's been <laughs> definitely growing. So we're spreading our wings personally and in business is what I feel this season is. Alana, thank you so, so much for giving those examples, both in your personal life and in your professional life, that I think that we as women especially can relate to. And also your comment that Sometimes we don't even know we're in a season until we get out of it. That is so true. It's so true. (laughs) You can be institutionalized and not even know you are. You know, I've been in, you know, before this career, I had a very different life. And I remember being in positions where I thought I was happy and I got out of them. and was like, my my Lord, what did I do to myself? (laughs) Or relationships, you know, You, you don't even really know sometimes. But once you're out, you you do know and you do feel the the difference and the flow starts to come back to you. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you talked about and I and I talked about it in the your introduction as well, the energy healing and the conscious life coaching. I know that your business is in a um, growth process, so to speak, but what inspired you to pursue a career in energy healing? Well, okay, buckle up. This is quite the tale. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Okay, so prior to this, I had a very um, extensive career in marketing, PR, events, communications. And, you know, I did all the things that you are to do. Um, At least in my family, I have, you know, multiple degrees. I have, you know, moved very quickly in my career. Um, I had all all the labels. And I was, I would say, fairly happy. <laughs> um, maybe, you know, a little bit. Um, I was definitely emotionally immature and I was definitely unhealed and had no idea. So I was conducting my life from an incredibly unhealed 
emotionally immature, broken place. And that led to a lot of uh, trying to control my environment, um, a lot of sort of uh, defensive. I was in fight or flight, basically, and I had no idea. I mean, talk about not knowing a season. I had no clue that I was unhealed, broken, in fight or flight all the time, even if people came to me with, you know, wonderful opportunities, uh, you know, in my personal life, I would resist and I was just mothering and living from such a place of stress and brokenness and had no idea. So that's how my life was going. And then I got into a car accident and I came back from this accident with massive brain injuries. Um, so I had this car accident and, um, you know, at the time I, I thought it was kind of a dream, but I'm pretty sure I went over and came back. Um, and my recollection of the whole event is that I sort of slid out of my body and looked at myself and I, it was, there's a level of confusion, like <laughs> what's happening here then, you know? And, um, it was very peaceful. I wasn't in pain where in this side I was, you know, in a lot of pain, a lot of injuries. And my son was in the car with me and, um, I don't know how, but eventually I heard him yelling mommy and the franticness and everything I was looking at had kind of a baby blue hue and, and kind of, well, now I know it looks like energy and I sort of saw things sort of maybe energy bodies. And I said in this other place, I don't know what we're doing, but I have to go raise this child. And then I was back and I said, I'm back. And they got me and my son out the car and all this. So I thought that was like a dream, like a lucid whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, came back, you know, they did discovered I had, you know, terrible traumatic brain injury. I couldn't do hardly anything. So the labels that had mattered oh so much now were nothing. The degrees were nothing. The titles were nothing. I couldn't mother. I couldn't, I couldn't work. I couldn't, I couldn't function. The neurologist wrote me off and um, basically I was laying in my bedroom like most hours of the day in a dark room with ice on my head and that was it. So during that time, I had a lot of losses in my personal life as well and I would call that absolutely my dark night of the soul. Beyond broken, <laughs> um, I would say I was completely destroyed and I lived with this. And I don't even think people around me at the time really realized this. Um, you know, brain injury is a funny thing. Like you, you can seem perfectly fine and people have no idea of the pain you're in. And, you know, the sound, it, I always say it sounded like someone was pouring acid on my brain 24 seven. I lived with this sound of like my brain almost cooking. It was horrible. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't work anymore. I had to rely a hundred percent on other people for financial and for everything basically. So when the neurologist wrote me off, it took me some time and I was like, well, well, there has to be a path to healing. There has to be something I can do. And so I started, um, doing, you know, holistic approaches and sort of, um, you know, I was doing hyperbaric oxygen chambers. I was doing brain training. I was doing sacral cranial. I was doing acupuncture. They have a special kind for brain, brain things that like vibrate. I was trying everything except energy healing, funnily enough. <laughs> um, I, uh, 
Yeah. So that was interesting. Now, since the, so the accident occurred and then I kept hearing, I had a lot of strange moments while I was alone in that room with the ice on my head. But one of which was, I remember thinking, I'm just waiting for my brain to heal. And the thought came, who's waiting? And for a minute, I removed the veil between like me and and the essence of me. So the human me, the ego mind and all that. And then, you know, the divine spark within me that was eternal. So that was the first moment I was like, Ooh, that's, that's interesting. But I wasn't really well enough to continue. But I had this whispering that started right after the accident saying Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. I'm like, what the hell is Reiki? (laughs) Now I'm from Scotland. So I swear it's in the water there. I'm like from a bloodline of this. My mom was like a psychic, you know, my grandfather laid hands. Um, you know, it was always very mystical, spiritual in my, in my family, you know, astrology. My uncle does like the head of the astrology association there. So it's always been in my, in my vision right in front of me. But I went the other way. I went, my dad owned hotels. So I was like, let's go make money and do all the things you're supposed to do. <laughs> and the universe will certainly nudge you till it slaps you. And in my case, it took me totally out. So, you know, I was hearing this whisper of Reiki, Reiki, Reiki. And I looked it up, obviously, and it's Japanese form of energy healing. And I thought, well, I've run out of money now. Um, there's no more help coming. So I have to try to work and I, you know, I have to get back into life. So I'm going to go and I'm going to train in this just to heal my brain. And this is how the entire thing started. It was simply for me so I could heal my brain and function. So I went away for like a week to Orlando. I couldn't drive there. Someone had to take me. I mean, I couldn't read or write, but the notes are perfect. So something was definitely channeling through me. And that's what I did. I came back, got myself a table, and I was just working on my brain. And I saw more improvements in that short space than I had the whole time of going out with to other other healers or you know, going down the the path they tell you to after an accident, chiropractor and, you know, physical therapy and all this. So, um, so that's how it started. And then I started moving by intuition at that time. Um, so I was sort of listening to all the different, you know, feelings, thoughts, I suppose, voices you could say, (laughs) um, and then I took my son to a trauma counselor because he was in the car and he did EMDR and I'm sitting there with the ice on my head and I'm, I'm watching and I got a real big wave of anxiety and I thought, should I stop this? He's very young. You know, I don't know about this. And all of a sudden, this is, this is crazy. I saw a huge puff of smoke come out of him. And I hmm. say, say, yes, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's something. And um, the story, when I get to this part, people are like, hmm. And so I was like, hmm, did anybody see that? And no one did. And of course, they're like, oh, this poor little brain injured thing, you know, you're, you must be starting to develop like some kind of mental issue. So they had me pretty convinced that, you know, to keep my mouth shut and not say anything. So fast forward to now, that's exactly what happens when I do energy work. As the trauma, the blocks, the the pollutants and the energy field are lifting, I see smoke. So my office for me, for my eyes only, gets very smoky. Um, it gets, you know, it, I, it sort of builds up. 
And so, and that's a good sign for me because I'm like, okay, good. They're really saying, you know, so (laughs) that was kind of my first clue that I had come back from this life-changing event with a gift and maybe it was always in there, but it took something to rattle my brain totally. You know, I don't think the same. I, you know, I go and lay flowers at the site because I feel like I died there. That version of me died there, that season of me, you know, so I'm a very different person now and looking at some of the ways she behaved and, you know, how she treated people that loved her and just wanted to love her. I couldn't allow myself to be loved because I was so damaged. So, you know, it's been a whole journey from her to, to where I am now. So Alana, well, first of all, I'm so sorry that you had to go through all that, but after going through these podcasts and having these um, interviews with um, people, sometimes it takes something traumatic like that I think so. For, for your, for your, I don't want to say for your gifts to reveal themselves, because not everybody has to go through that. But sometimes some people do have to go through a traumatic event. Oh, I agree. I think I was so damn stubborn. It was like, all right, we're going to have to really like knock her completely out. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. I mean, as much as, you know, sometimes I look back and, and think I wish I could still be the other version this was obviously, you know, meant to happen. I mean, it, it would be almost pathetic if I'd had the accident and not come back different and not come back with something because the amount of time it took to recover and heal and then heal myself from the consequences of, you know, uh, you know losing things in my personal life as well. So, but I do think humans grow from pain. And, you know, unfortunately, I think we grow from pain and I, are suffering. And I think I now try to use my clients and their stories to sort of allow me to grow without the pain part. You know, I constantly affirm I grow from ease and joy because I'm kind of done with the, the trauma and suffering for growth. But I think you're right. I think sometimes it takes just a huge life event to just completely turn you upside down and put you where you're supposed to be. And also, I really do believe this, that sometimes, you know, because I talk about beginnings, endings in the messy middle. And we can talk about that as, you know, the messy middle as being a season of life or, or whatever it may be. But sometimes that's where the growth comes from, Absolutely. is when we're stretching in something. Absolutely. Absolutely. The messy middle. I love that. It's so true. So I'm intrigued with this seeing the smoke in your. <laughs> so when you're when you're approaching your clients and these energy um, healing, what is your process with that? Well, you know how I approach it as an absolute. You know, maybe in the beginning it was like, oh, is this working? Because I mean, I just came out the gate charging like nothing, like 50 bucks, like, you know, come one, come all. And everybody came, you know, I was moving by intuition and it was like, you need to create this as a business now. This is your purpose. This is what you should be doing. Because my background was marketing and business development, things of that nature. It was nothing for me to start that. But I was never nervous from the moment someone walked in, you know, I, I, I don't particularly enjoy like public speaking or, you know, speaking in, in that kind of way. But from first client, it flowed, I was fine. But I would say in the beginning, it was like, 
did this work? <laughs> you know, do you feel better? <laughs> right. That, you know, kind of thing. Like I wasn't, I knew it worked for me. I knew for sure I was meant to be doing it, but I, you know, I was still like, Oh, I wonder if that's okay. And now it's an absolute it's, it's, it is, it is, you know, there's no, like it is period. So people come in and I know that they have decided before they come into my space, how they're going to heal. You know, it takes a lot of courage for people to walk into some, you know, if some people call me a, the witch doctor, you know, it takes a lot of courage for people to walk in to begin with. Like some people don't even know what they're, what it is, what are they doing, you know, and they put themselves in my, in my hands. And, um, you know, I just feel like it's an absolute, I know that they've decided with their higher self or whatever, before, whatever you believe, before they come in there. And they get on the table and I just believe that I am, you know, the vessel or conductor for their ultimate healing. And, and I just know, and that, and there's, I don't, I don't even really have a, a process. It just flows through as far as when I realized I'd created the AK healing method, I was working on people for some time. And I had a lot of clients say, I don't know what that was, but it's not Reiki. And I'm like, oh, you know, because that's just what I trained in the first, you know. But what had happened is I had become so obsessed with the fact that all the ancient cultures had energy healing modalities. And we just seemed to forget that I started to, you know, get certified in all of them, study all of them. You know, the Egyptian, the Celtic, the Pranic, like just all of it, just anything energy I was obsessed with because it was helping me. And, um, that started to develop into my own method and my own approach. And then I realized when they kept saying it, you know, you're what, you're right. It's not, it's mine because I've taken everything that I've gathered from all these different cultures. And I've created just this one method that I, I think it, you know, it's pretty successful so far, <laughs> but it's, I just, it's an absolute approach that there is no doubt that this is going to heal. And, and sometimes it's not in the way they want or in the way they think they want, you know, sometimes someone comes in for, you know, deep emotional scarring from one thing. And before we know it, it's the womb that's releasing It's we're having massive sacral healing. So it's just in the way that they're meant to heal. And I have faith in that. So that's just, that's just it really. Yeah, that's really interesting. Because I've heard that before, that people go into whoever they're going to see, and they think they're going in for one thing, <laughs> and really something else is transforming. Absolutely. You know, and I, I don't know when I developed this, or if I always had it. Even in my in my past career, they would call me the ship's counselor, you know, if you're a, if you're a trek, Trekkie fan, or, you know, I could sort of, I was always highly intuitive. So I could hear behind what people were saying. So as a coach, I'm watching their body to see what they're moving chakra wise. And I can hear what, what, what it is behind what they're saying. It's never the surface, you know, it's never, he did this or that happened. It's always the deeper limiting belief that is controlling you from the subconscious mind. So, you know, they come in maybe talking, you know, all kinds of, all kinds of crap about their husband. And then before they know it, they're crying and leaving, you know, releasing stuff about their mother or generational mothering. So I do definitely believe that after, you know, I have over 
I think we're up to almost 600 clients now. So, you know, I think in seeing all these different people, I, I definitely believe that you've decided somewhere else before you even come to me and you've been directed there and you're going to heal the way you need to. I do believe yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things I, I wanted to talk to you a bit about was what role, if any, does spirituality play in your work? And how do, how do you weave it into your healing and coaching sessions? Yeah, uh, I'm a deeply spiritual person. Um, I definitely always was. Um, a lot of people say that I've always been like this, but now I just get paid for it. <laughs> so, you know, I've always been into all the woo-woo things, as my friend says, you know, the crystals and the, and the meditation and the whatnot. But I'm a deeply spiritual person, and I think this has only deepened it seeing the things I've seen, hearing, you know, I read the energy, I hear things. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful spiritual experience. I consider myself a spiritual healer. Um, and from that, I also coach, you know, conscious life coaching to me is I coach the spiritual principles, you know, the, the universal laws, like we get, that's where everything is coming from for me, you know, across all the spiritual schools, there's one, one thing that stands out for me is as within, so without. And that is across the board in so many different, you know, spiritual schools or teachings. And so <clears throat> that leads me to, in my coaching, you know, really trying to get my clients to understand it's there's nothing to change but self. It's all within. And as you change yourself through subconscious reprogramming, it reflects out as within, so without, and then your life will reflect better. So on top of, you know, the energy healing and removing the pollutants from the energy body, it's a lot about mental diet. You know, I tell my clients all the time, you cannot go to the gym and go to McDonald's and think you're going to like look plickety plack pow. You can't come here and see me and work on your energy and release all this garbage and then go talk, you know, talk negatively to yourself for the next 48 hours. It's just, it's the quickest way to knock your, your, your chakras out of alignment. So definitely, you know, I, I talk a lot about, you know, in spirituality, we, we, I try to get them into a meditation practice. I try to get them into forgiveness meditations to power recall, um, you know, to go delve into, you know, the energy of the mind and, and the thoughts. And this is all spirituality to me. So you know, sometimes I'm talking to people and I can see they're not what they would call woo-woo, which to me means spiritual. <laughs> so they kind of glaze over. So I do have to craft it to the audience I'm talking to. But, you know, even if I have to bring science in, like, well, energy is science and, you know, work on like neuroscience, you know, for the brain, it's all still the same for me. It's all just coming back to my spiritual practices and beliefs that are totally centered around this kind of healing. And I, I agree with you totally about sometimes just crafting that message in a different way. And I almost want to use the term mainstream language mm -hmm. without the, the, the woo-woo in it, <laughs> um, to, to whichever audience you are, you are speaking to. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I have a lot of people that will email me and say, D, are you, are you okay working on a Christian? Are you okay working on a Muslim? Um, and so 
for me, I do change the language of things I talk about. I I will say, you know, God, I will say source, I will say, you know, the one, I will say energy, you know, whatever is going to work to bring this person to their ultimate healing. It's all the same to me, you know? So right. sometimes if the woo-woo is too much, if they're like, well, I don't believe in crystals, like you don't have to believe in them. They're little, you know, <laughs> they are a fat, they're here. You know, I won't necessarily use crystal healing on them or I will and just make them suffer through it, you know? <laughs> or talk about how everything has its own energy frequency. But yeah, you do have to craft things. I mean, it has to resonate with people. You know, sometimes you can't sit here talking about neuroscience to someone that has no idea what you're talking about. It doesn't hit, you know, and it's just, it's a waste. But if you, you you know, can craft it and just say something like, you know, if you're thinking yucky thoughts, you know, it can work that way. I mean, sometimes you have to dumb down some language. Sometimes you have to bring it up, but I think it's all the same and it's just people get things at different levels and as they heal, they can get it even more at another level. Sometimes you think, damn, have I not already healed this? Have I not already? (laughs) Have I not gotten over this yet? And then I think, you know, healing's not linear. It's like peeling an onion. And then I think, you come up in frequency as you're healing, you know, you're not maybe in the victim consciousness anymore, you've come up. And so you're able to face that same subject matter at a different level. And and you can heal it deeper and, you know, develop more in the healing. So, you know, you just have to hit people where they are in their, in their development. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and, in, in talking about, you know, the way that you, um, talk to different clients and the language that you use, I want to jump over to sacred womb healing. Mm -hmm. Because again, that sounds fascinating to me. And I don't know really anything uh, about it. Can you talk about what that is and what it involves and how it benefits women? Absolutely. I don't even really know how I got here with this. But um, I was trying to heal heartbreak. Um, and it's one of the hardest energies to live. And I was trying to lift and I was trying to heal it in myself and others. Um, and in this process before this, I would call myself probably a solar healer, which is more a masculine energy. And it was about bringing the power back. I was all about like empowering and bringing the power back because I was seeing such benefits from that, but it was not healing heartbreak. And, and I'm not, it doesn't have to be a relationship. It can be, you know, we break our own hearts just plenty. And, you know, you grieve the versions of you, you were, you know, it's all life is a heartbreak (laughs) in many respects. So I was trying to figure this out. And then, um, you know, it was, it was channeled. And um, I realized that as women, uh, we, we receive and hold love and our partners and, you know, creative ideas, um, in our sacral, in our womb um, chakra. And to heal the heart, you have to heal both together. You have to heal the heart and the sacral at the same time. And it, it, I stumbled upon it and it's been absolutely incredible. And it was, you know, I was getting a lot of information from um, my intuition and just reading the energy and a lot of channeled messaging was coming through. And before I knew it, I was a sacred womb healer. And, um, and there's a misconception that it's just about women that want to get pregnant or are, you know, or have been pregnant. 
Um, I mean, anytime you talk about the womb, you think of, you know, having a baby. So I understand it. It really probably should be called sacred, sacral healing, but that's a lot of S's. Um, but the sacral is the womb. And so for women, we hold all our, you know, all our feminine essence in the sacral, all our um, creative ideas, all our healing, all our sexual energy. In fact, the sexual energy, the healing energy and the creative energy, it is one energy and it all lives in the sacral. And, you know, when I have a lot of people coming to me with uh, blocks and creativity or just blocks in their life, that's the sacral. Like we as women take all our ideas, they incubate in the sacral. So, you know, we think we're thinking it or, you know, we're feeling it. It's, it's the sacral. So if you have had an abortion, a miscarriage, traumatic birth, infertility or fertility issues, if you have had um, sexual partners that were casual, that came to you with poor intentions, sexual abuse, any of these things, if you have issues with your mother, if you have generational mothering issues, if you have guilt and shame, if you have a partner that you may well love that is unhealed and, you know, has trauma as women, we carry that in our womb for three months and it accumulates. It doesn't go away. So if you imagine, you know, you can have a, a lengthy relationship with someone, love them dearly, but if they are un- unhealed, traumatized, and their intentions are not necessarily um, always 100% about you, you're carrying that. That's why sometimes, you know, you can have a great time with someone and then in a few days you feel kind of off. Mm -hmm. It's because you're carrying their energy now. Men don't carry ours, but we carry theirs. So, I mean, it is so incredibly important for women. I wish I could scream this from the rooftops because we have all had one of the above, one of the above mentioned things. You know, uh, I, I don't know a woman that hasn't. And I see womb trauma, or I call it a portal, really, because it's like the portal where we receive everything. I see womb trauma in this sort of portal chakra area in as young as six, I have seen it. So you inherit it in the womb. So there's yet not one woman I'm seeing that doesn't have it at some level. And, you know, the process is really about releasing. It's really about sort of birthing out the, the, you know, the negative and the traumatized and the blocked out of this portal. So, you know, there's, you know, a lot of attentions brought to this area. Um, you know, I tell clients, you know, we can use a release oil. I tell clients to focus in two inches below their belly button, really like put their energy to it, you know, all intentions. And, it's amazing. It's just amazing to see. A lot of it is held in the hips as well. So if you have, t- I have tight hips because there's mother issues and I'm the product of an affair. So there was a lot of guilt and shame that I, I, I carry. So, you know, you have it in your hips, you tight hips, painful hips, um, into the lower back. This is all womb trauma. So when I'm working on it, I'm really pushing into the hips. You know, I'm seeing these releases come out. It's, I mean, it's, it's amazing that I see this now, but I actually see it with my eyes. I can see the energy, see the blocks, see the releases. And I can also see the cords that are attaching, which I can cut. So 
when this, when your heart and your sacral are brought back online, it's, you're a different woman. It's completely magical. I mean, it's, it's released so much. They feel lighter. I have a lot of women that get cramps. They have spotting. I had a woman that had been in menopause for five years that started having a period. (laughs) I mean, it's incredible. And what you're convincing your body of, like she was not in menopause, but she'd been holding so much in this chakra. And when it released, her body returned back to its natural flow. Just recently, I went to a sound bath, and when the practitioner was playing the bowl that um, has that really deep sound to it, I could feel that in my sacral. And afterwards, I was asking her, you know, what what that sound bowl went to, which chakra it went to. She said, the heart. And I said, well, that's interesting. I didn't feel it in the heart. I felt it in the sacral. And this is the first time I had heard it. She said, well, the sacral and the heart are connected. Absolutely. That's um, so interesting. And that was the first time I had heard that. So hearing you talk about that, I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm realizing now that, oh, yeah, that, you know, because she said the heart is like around forgiveness. Mm Mm-hmm. And love and and all that. And then she did talk about the sacral and creativity and some of the things that you just mentioned. So, yeah, I I find what you're talking about just (laughs) so it's so interesting and how we all our bodies are just influenced in different ways. It's so true. I use sound healing. So in all my sessions, I use sound healing. I throw everything I have at it. I just, I don't understand why you wouldn't if you had it in your toolkit. So I use sound healing, you know, to, to bring them in, to bring them out. So it's, you know, and it's a way to sort of relax and, you know, it's hard to have anxiety when you have tuning forks in your ear. So, um, Absolutely, though, the sound, you know, I I wasn't even sure I believed in sound therapy or aromatherapy or whatever, until I started doing this. And they say the sound that you hate or the smell that you hate is what you need, because it's where the trauma is. Um, And I found this to be true, because some people say, Oh, my God, I can't stand that sound. And I'm like, "Mm hmm, (laughs) that's where the... (laughs) But you will. And that's where the most, you know, I have such a no nonsense approach to this. Like we are here to heal. Like we're not, you know, we're not, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. So I think people appreciate that, but it's absolutely true. And, you know, when, when I first started and I would see that women that were deeply in love with their husbands, but not engaging in any sexual activity with them, I would see that their heart and their sacral were not online together. Mm. And either, you know, one or both were shut down totally, or even when they were uh, online, they weren't like talking, you know, you know, almost like software platforms have to communicate, they weren't. So it's bringing it back. And really, you know, I do visual when I'm doing, I sort of flood the whole area with this gold energy. And it's just amazing. And the comments after, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I was cramping or, you know, I, you touched my heart. I felt it in my, you know, in my like womb or I, you know, had serious cramping pains. And then, you know, I, and then they go and they, they feel differently about their relationship. They're able to engage in sexual, you know, relations with their partners because they feel um, whole, 
they feel, you know, and less heavy. If you're carrying around, you know, sexual abuse, that's heavy. And I say this all the time to clients, you know, I wish I could work with more therapists because there is a place for talk therapy. Absolutely. However, if you are at a therapist for years on end and all you're doing is talking about the situation and I understand you can find a place intellectually, you know, you know, conceptually to put it like, okay, this happened to me. I'm okay. I've moved on from it. Absolutely. You can. However, it still sits in your energy body. So regardless of how well you feel in your mind about the situation, you've accepted it, you've moved past it, it will still live in your energy body until you find someone to lift it. When you see older people, you know, they're kind of stooped a little bit, like their shoulders seem. For me in my world, that's heartbreaking grief. Heartbreaking grief lives on the neck, the upper back and the shoulders, and it's heavy. It's like carrying the weight of the world. And if you haven't had someone lift that, that's how it manifests physically over time. Same with the womb. So if we have some listeners here who are just looking for... Uh, just a couple of practical tips or exercises that they could do on their own. Yes. What would you recommend? I have some fun ones that I do. These are my go-tos. Okay. Um, Okay. So the first thing that has to really be addressed is the limiting beliefs that are lurking in that subconscious mind um, and dictating your life. So what I do and what I have all my clients do first and foremost because thoughts are energy. So we have to get a handle on that. And we have to consciously choose thoughts in our favor, which is what affirmations are. So what I do is I tell them to get a notebook. And on one side, this is what I do. I, t- I, I title it the bullshit. And on the other side, I title it the truth. You don't have to pick that word, but that's what I use. And, <laughs> and on this side the BS, you're going to write all the things, all the nasty, gritty things that you don't really want to say. For example, um, I'm fat. I'm broke. I'm always going to be alone. You know, I'm not good enough for this or I'll, I'll never get that job. Whatever it is, you just write it out. Now, this is an important part. You have to then cross it out. Your mind has to see it crossed out with the pen. And on the other side is the truth. So to go one by one make it easy. And so if your first one was, you know, I'm fat and disgusting, you're going to flip that, you're going to create an affirmative statement to the opposite. So it's going to be like, you know, I'm, I'm tone fit and in the best shape of my life. Okay. And you go down the list, I'm broke, I'm living in abundance and prosperity, I'm deserving and worthy of wealth and success, these kind of things. Then you get rid of the BS one, do whatever you want with it, burn it, scratch it out, I don't care. And now you have your page of the truth. And this is all, this is your story. This is who you are now. And this is all you will read and all you will talk from and all you will think from. And the number one thing to know is you don't believe it when you begin it. You can't because you've been living in an autopilot version of yourself with all these limiting beliefs and your subconscious dictating your mind, your mind, your life, your thought process, your reactions. So you're going to feel a little silly but you just stay persistent and you read these to yourself, you know, you get a good five maybe, and you're telling yourself it all day. You're telling yourself it every time your mind is idle. It's not enough to read them in the morning and at night. And, you know, I say my affirmations, not enough. You have 70,000 thoughts a day. We have to get 
you know, we, we might be able to get a thousand in in a day if you were super persistent. And you got the limiting beliefs by being saturated in them. And you have to do that to saturate in the positive. So when your mind is idle, when you're in the shower, when you're in the car, anytime you are just telling yourself, you know, I'm incredible, I'm amazing, I'm loved, I'm wanted, I'm chosen. And as you write out your BS page, you're going to hit on your trauma sentences. Because I truly believe that traumas are going to boil down to like, I'm not chosen. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. I'm abandoned. You know, these things, it's it's usually about five or six sentences. We all have the same ones. Pick which one resonates with you. And if you're singing on your page, I'm not enough, there it is. So then you're definitely going to be reprogramming that one. So this is huge. This is life-changing. This is really going to get your handle on your mind and your, your thought energy. So if you can keep this mental diet strong, you will be able to keep the rest of your your chakras in alignment. It will be completely changing. It'll be amazing. You'll see it reflect in your life. That's my number one. My next one is um, power recall. So it's very simple. You put your hand to your solar plexus. So just, you know, under your bra. And you command your power back from all people, circumstances, and situations. You can just say, I command my power back. You are a healer. Everyone is a self-healer. They can heal themselves. And the majority of the problems are in the fact that we give away our power. It's either taken from us or we're giving it away. You know, we get cords by, can be like at the grocery store, a guy's a jerk to you. You think, what a jerk. You call your friend. You say it's a jerk. Before you know it, you've got an energetic contracting cord with this person. You don't even care about Mm. So you have to call back your power. I suggest calling it back first thing in the morning, last thing at night. If you're in a situation where you feel like you're getting anxiety, you know, you can feel that burning in your body, call your power back, breathe into it. And I think the third one that's incredibly important is you have to have to start a meditation practice. And this isn't, doesn't have to be confusing long or, you know, another chore, another spiritual chore. I ask my clients for five minutes a day. If you can breathe, you can meditate. And if you just take five minutes a day and you just focus on the cool air coming in your nose and the warm air going out, you can break it up. You can do a minute in the morning, two minutes in the afternoon. I don't care how you do it. You get five minutes a day. You have a meditation practice. This helps you navigate your life easier. These are the three I would go to the most. All of those are fabulous. Now, I do have a question about the first one. (laughs) Do you do that every day and have a new list or do you get your one core list and then that's what you talk you say to yourself every day so no you don't do it every day um because you want to stay sort of focused so it takes 64 days to reprogram um to uh, to create a new neural pathway in your brain so i would run those for 60 days um and then keep checking in i still do this you know i'll be like you know, I'm feeling a little wobbly, what's going on, I'll do this. And it's amazing what comes up. You know, you just keep sort of checking in with yourself, but definitely try to stay persistent for the 60 days in the first round. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Last question, because you have just been so fabulous with your information. Oh, thank you. What would you thank your 18 year old self for? 
well in that I felt like I was operating as my 18 year old self, the majority of my adult life from, you know, getting stuck at trauma. Um, I would thank her for surviving. Mm. Yeah. Um, and a lot of different seasons of myself, I would thank myself for surviving, but definitely 17, 18 year old me, she, she, yeah, she conducted herself in ways that um, she had to, to survive. And I think that's where the fight or flight started. So I think for the majority of my adult life until my accident, I, a lot of the times I was defaulting back to her, you know, cause she was, um, she was, she was pretty rough. She was, a, <laughs> she would fight. And, um, and for some reason I kept feeling like I still had to fight even when I was loved and adored and, you know, you, people can break themselves trying to give you everything you actually want when you're not able to receive it. You know, there's nothing that can be done done until it's healed. So yes, I would thank her for surviving. Mm, That touched my heart, Alana. (laughs) So tell our listeners how to find you, your social media, your website, how they can work with you. Okay. Well, I have a lot of different ways. There's a lot of access to me right now as we expand. Uh, The main business is AK Healing. So that's just www.akhealing.com. We have two divisions. Um, There's a manifestation and success coaching division with subconscious reprogramming. That's called Manifest Dreams Now, www.manifestdreamsnow.com. And then I have the Sacred Womb Healing Division, that's www.sacredwombhealer.com. And the workshops and ceremonies are on there too. Um, People can work with me virtually. I work with people all over the world. Um, I actually really like virtual healings. Um, When I first started, I thought, oh, I don't know, virtual sending it across, you know, but it works amazingly well. I have incredible feedback from that. Um, So we do virtuals. And if you're in Sarasota, there's in person. All right. Thank you so much for being a guest. I I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for asking me. I'm really glad to be here and share this. I could talk about this all day. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I am your host, Cindy McMillan, and my website is CynthiaMcMillan.com. Your support means the world to me, and I'm thrilled to have you as part of our podcast community. If you enjoyed what you heard, I'd be incredibly grateful if you could take a minute to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, whether you're a loyal Apple podcast listener, a Spotify enthusiast, or use any other platform, your reviews make a huge difference. Not only do your reviews motivate me to keep creating great content, but they also help others discover the show and become part of our community. So please share your thoughts and feedback. I can't wait to hear from you. And as always, stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Until next time, take care and keep spreading those positive vibes.